Awesome, my dudes. It's your boy Zanny Phantom here, back at it again with episode 5 of Aces Portal, the podcast where I still don't have an intro song. But one day, when I make it big, I will. And it'll likely be some super space-based EDM that shimmers in your ears and makes you feel like glitter. But until then, you'll just have to settle for my lovely voice. And today, my lovely spring chickens, we are officially out of winter and into spring, so... Hurrah! For those of you living in places warmer than Boston, congratulations. The daffodils are starting to bloom, you might see some cute baby duckies, or maybe you just smell the smelly smell of spring floating through the air. I want to give you guys a heads up that this episode will be a little longer than the last few, because there's a lot of content I want to cover, so please bear with me. On the plus side, there are not that many bad jokes and no accents, so we are in the clear this week. It's going to be totally normal. Anyways, after debating between dropping new content or reviewing the old, I decided to do a little bit of both. In honor of a new season, new growth, and new beginnings, I want to bring new perspective back to the ego and provide some further questions and guidance for how to keep evolving positively and digging deeper into your soul with the main focus being healing. I started this podcast with the intention of helping you discover spirituality, raise your consciousness, and figure out what that journey looks like for you. And I strongly believe that pushing people to think deeply and below the surface or look into things that they might not otherwise consider is how we truly grow as individuals and as spirits ourselves. I realize that one of the most important things I can do is help you learn how to see the truth for yourselves, even if your truth isn't the same as mine. You have all the answers and knowledge within you, and my role is simply to prompt you to think. So that's the main goal for today. And now I know what you're thinking. Thinking. Woohoo! For those of you who struggle with anxiety, this is probably the last thing you want to hear. But I promise this isn't the ruminating sort of thinking. This is the thinking that will help you have epiphanies, realizations, and see the truth in yourself, your lives, and the world. The primary way to have all of these profound understandings and to gain greater awareness is by looking at yourself. Not looking in the mirror, but you can do that too. I mean really looking at your ego, your shadow, and what wounds you have. Moreover, by examining yourself on such a heavy level, you can see where you need to heal. That helps you make the right changes that will shift your life and propel you forward. Without addressing our inner selves, our egos, and what's still impacting us from our past, we can't expect to get much better. How can you invite in new energy, wonderful opportunities, and attract everything you want in life if you're still reacting to the past and holding on to things that no longer serve you? You can't. In order to welcome in the new, you have to make room for it and clear out the old things that don't bring anything beneficial to your life or the life you want to have. Recently, I've been taking on a lot of my ego and working with my shadow and my wounds from this lifetime as well as some karmic wounds from other lifetimes. Before I get into it too deep, I want to say that spirituality is amazing. It is enlightening, and you will have many fascinating ethereal experiences if you choose to incorporate this into your life. Your psychic senses will develop. You'll work with energy, spirits, and the spirit worlds. All of this magical, mystical stuff will be a part of your journey, but spirituality will also change your life. And oftentimes you hear people say that people don't like change. Some people say they do, some say they don't. I think what it really comes down to is some people adapt more effectively when things are rocking their stable boat. Change is constant, it's inevitable, and it happens every day. Most people can handle one or two changes and maintain their stability, 
But when there's a lot of changes, it becomes harder to manage, harder to stay balanced. Choosing to examine your shadow and your ego, it'll prompt you with things you might not like, things that challenge you, things that are provoking change within you. And as I mentioned, I've been in the thick and heavy recently because I've been working through my shit and healing a lot of my wounds. I have to understand them so that I can overcome them. The intention and end goal of this healing work is to get me to a state where I perceive and live my life through more essence rather than ego. High vibes rather than low vibes. Unfortunately, ego doesn't really like that. And this little bitch has been throwing everything it can at me, trying to get me to sink like the Titanic and give in to staying stagnant and not changing at all. And I'll be honest, ego has won several battles since my last episode. I've noticed myself drifting towards poor, unhealthy coping mechanisms, thought cycles, behaviors. My ego is doing everything it possibly can to force me into a low vibrational state, and I would be lying if I said I hadn't dipped down and given in. The important thing about this is that it's a necessary evil. The ego is going to fight for survival, and the way it does that is by throwing everything it can at you. Think about it. If you accidentally drove your car off a bridge and it started sinking, Assuming you were still conscious, you would probably be scrambling around, fighting, and doing whatever you could to escape. You would naturally fight for survival. Your brain kicks into fight-or-flight mode because your life force is at risk of dying. Your brain is no longer thinking logically, it's just trying to survive. And the ego does the same thing when it's being challenged and it sees that you're trying to kill off a part of it. When you embark on this journey towards enlightenment, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, You'll be met with many challenges, many things that trigger you, make you uncomfortable, bring you low. You might even get sucked into some of these and find yourself back in dark places you never thought you'd be again. Think of these moments as temporary illusions that the ego is creating and feeding because it wants to keep you trapped. It wants you to stay low, stay in that old energy, because when you stay, it survives. When you perpetually give in and stop fighting and trying to control things, trying to get them back on track, the ego's won. And I don't mean if you give in for a day or a week, you're screwed. You don't always have to force yourself out of it immediately. The war isn't won in a day. Well, yes, sometimes it is. But in this case, it's not. (laughs) But you have to recognize from a big picture perspective what's taking place. So for me, for about a month now, I've been dealing with my shit. And for about three weeks, I forced myself to keep going, to do things I didn't want to do, to fight it with opposite actions, thoughts, behaviors. And this past week, I fully gave in to the ego. It won. And as a result, I felt worse than ever. It was such hard work having to choose to fight the ego for three weeks. And it was frustrating. But for those three weeks, I didn't feel nearly as low as I did when I finally gave in to the ego. It's not too late though, just because I gave in to my ego and gave it some fuel, it doesn't mean my entire journey's flawed and I can't get back on track. Of course I can. Think of the journey of going from ego to essence as being similar to a recovering addict, which I know is a great analogy that you're all very excited to hear about. You have to expect that you're going to fall off the wagon every now and then because you're trying to make a major life change. You're changing habits, behaviors, thought patterns. You're healing limiting beliefs, limiting stories, etc. The important thing is acknowledging that this will happen and not having misguided expectations. Even people who have been clean or sober for years can still have slip-ups that are triggered by external situations. Over time, when you're recovering, what happens is the time between those slip-ups and falling off the wagon, it gets longer and longer, and eventually it becomes rare. 
This is very much the same pattern for those on the spiritual journey. When you awaken, your life starts looking different. You start questioning everything. Old parts crumble as new parts are built up and fortified. It doesn't mean that the old parts necessarily crumble easily. Some of your walls were built with termite-infested wood, whereas others were built with several layers of cinder block. Obviously, the energy it took to build those is different, just as the energy to bring each down will be different too. You may find some parts of your old life and old self melt away easily, whereas others are more of a challenge and they fight to stay. I wanted to discuss this today because awakening and choosing to start walking a spiritual path isn't always an easy process, but I believe it's a rewarding one. There are times where you'll think, oh my god, I fucking can't do this. It's too hard, it's too much work, I'll just give in and settle. And I think that's why it's important to set realistic expectations for this process. So you can understand what's happening when shit hits the fan and you feel low. Because making any sort of change in your life, big or small, you're tipping your balance a little bit. Even if this change will make your life better in the long run, in the short run, it's pretty typical for things to seem worse. And I think the most important thing we can all do when we start getting caught up in the negative or getting sucked into old patterns or feeling like shit is acknowledging why it's happening. Give ourselves validation, compassion, and kindness for where we're currently at. We can't always be where we want to be, and I think we prolong this unsatisfactory state by focusing on how far away we are or how off track we think we are. Being kind and telling ourselves it's okay to be down, it's okay to feel pain, to be sad, to be a mess. Validating whatever we're going through right now can be hard, but when we're struggling and dealing with heavy stuff, of course we're not operating at maximum power. And being nice to yourself is, is especially hard when you're down in the mud. Consider time and perspective. Try and think less on a day-to-day -day basis and think more about the overall direction you're trending in. So in honor of having appropriate expectations for your spiritual journey, I also want to discuss understanding the ego a bit more. And I know I explained what the ego is in my first episode, and I've touched on it in almost every episode since, but I haven't really given clear ways on how to understand it, work with it, and start transcending it. So that's my main goal today. And as we continue exploring the ego, I want to remind everyone that we are all equal, and we all have an ego. We're all connected, we all share the same energy, we all have consciousness. And yet I find so many people in this world think that they're better than others. Anytime I see someone making a comment or passing judgment about others that implies they're better, I get really annoyed. And of course, my individual annoyance doesn't matter. The person passing judgments is operating from ego, and even when I get annoyed and pass judgments at the person passing judgments, I'm also operating from ego. And I know that's a real fucking puzzle, isn't it? We all pass judgments. Judgments are a very human thing. And honestly, it's something we'll never get rid of no matter how hard we try. The brain is wired to judge. And most of the time, our judgments about others are just our ego finding a way to justify ourselves, our thoughts, our beliefs, and our actions. To give you more of a perspective of what I'm talking about, I want to mention the idea that if something irks you about someone else, there's a very high chance that you hold that within yourself. What do I mean? Well, let me give you an example. We're all wounded. When we see something we don't like in another, it's because we have the same core wound within us, the same cause. It's possible that we react the same way and what we see in others is something we have within ourselves that we don't like. 
So a quick example would be when other people try to micromanage me. In my past, I may have been a bit of a control freak. I'm someone who likes to do everything my way because it's the right way. I'm that asshole who literally Googles the ending of a movie or a TV show because I just need to know. And I'm the person who likes to take the lead in the group projects because I know I'll do the best job. All of this is pointing to the idea that I'm a fucking control freak. Now, this is something I've been working on, but whenever someone tries to control me, I find myself getting so fucking annoyed. My blood starts to boil. I get angry because I'm like, oh my fucking god, I'm doing it fine. Leave me alone and fuck off. And the reason I get so bothered is because they're doing to me exactly what I do to others. And hint, hint, if you are a control freak, it's an ego wound that likely stems from not having autonomy or freedom to do what you want, having experienced bad things as a result of being out of control, or being constantly told that your way is the wrong way, do it my way. The opposite reaction to this sort of a wound could be mirrored in someone that's so lazy and doesn't try anything at all, just goes where the wind takes them and has no desire for control in their life or control of others, laid back to the extreme. But that person is still responding to the same core wound. Someone who over-controlled them and made them feel out of control, so as a result they play into it. Another way this can present is we get irritated by something we don't have in us at all or at least not from a surface level perception. What we likely have is the same wound as the other person, even if we don't exhibit the same behavior or reaction. And to illustrate this, I'll use another fantastic personal example. So one thing I've noticed within the spiritual community is there are people that believe they're holier than thou. You see this with religion too. They think that because they've chosen to pursue spirituality that they're better and they're walking the right path and they're enlightened and that anyone who isn't on this journey is failing and less than. The specific term for this is spiritual ego. And I've seen this across social media where spiritual people pass judgment about those who aren't spiritual. And this really bothers me. I'll admit, when I first went through my awakening, of course I had several thoughts like this, but it was such a short-lived period of time because I realized, how can I be better than someone else? I can't be. None of us have the same path. We aren't all here to be the same. We aren't all here to learn the same things. Even though we share a common energy and a common source, we're not identical. I approach spirituality with the perspective that this is my choice and my path. I can do my part by putting my perspectives out there and educating people about new things, but ultimately, what they choose to do with that information has nothing to do with me. As I was digging into why people with spiritual egos bother me so much, seeing someone publicly or privately portray a spiritual ego, it irritates me, it angers me, and it causes me to react and think, how can you say that about someone? How can you be so flawed that you view yourself as being above another? What gives you the right and the qualifications to make that claim? Are your life choices really any better? You have no idea what someone else's life and circumstances are like. And in trying to figure out why spiritual egos bother me so much, I was thinking about my life and my past experiences. And I realized that I've never been the type to condescend towards others. Okay, well maybe never isn't the right word because we've all done something at some point in time. But for most of my life, I've tried very hard to give people the benefit of of the doubt to see the best in everyone, to trust everyone, to allow others to be heard, to be kind and not speak poorly about others, to not even publicly voice my judgments even when I have them, because I definitely do. And in thinking about why I live my life with those beliefs and attitudes, I realized historically, I've had so many people be condescending and cruel towards me. 
Tell me I'm wrong for not thinking the way they do. Tell me that my beliefs are flawed. Telling me that I'll never be able to do that. Making me feel small, less than, and unworthy. And these repeated acts of condescension towards me push me to react in an opposite way. Naturally, when someone goes through repeated experiences where they're constantly made to feel small, they have two options to protect their ego. Either they mirror that behavior and make others feel small so they feel better, or they do the exact opposite and become so humble and kind towards everyone, maybe too humble, that you create a situation where you give so much positivity towards others so you can never theoretically be perceived as mean, overconfident, or someone who belittles others. I chose not to mirror the condescending behavior that was inflicted on me. Instead, I chose to do the opposite. Well, more like my ego chose. I chose to be overly humble about myself and build others up so I would never hurt people the way people had hurt me. But I could have easily gone to the other side of that spectrum. My ego could have instead chosen to mirror that condescension and take up the same behavior and attitude that I had repeatedly experienced. Either way, what happened was my ego reacted to being wounded. I was hurt by people who made me feel like I was less than for being who I was. And my ego sought to protect me and defend me by making me believe that in treating others the opposite way, I would never be a bad person. I couldn't be. If I was super nice, I would feel good and be good. And never and always are the ego's favorite words. But the person who chooses to mirror condescending behavior as a form of protection isn't any better or worse than me. Their ego chose to do that because that's how it felt it could protect itself best, by hurting others before they could hurt them. Both reactions are ego reactions to the same wound. Anyways, the spiritual ego hurts me so much because I felt the pain of being made to feel less than. And the person exhibiting the spiritual ego has also likely felt the pain of being made to feel less than. But the way they're handling it and compensating for their wound is different than my method. But it's still the same wound. Understanding the ego and how it works and reacts is really important because by seeing the bigger picture, seeing how it impacts you, your relationship with others, your relationship with the world and your judgments, you can start to see your own inner workings. And that's how you can recognize patterns of behavior and wounds you carry that you may need to work on healing. It gives you the opportunity to get yourself and see where you can work on healing and improving as a soul. One thing to note with all of this is that our world is set up to feed the ego and continue the cycle of living through it. I've mentioned before that we live in a world full of dualities. We're constantly presented with things in twos, two choices, two options, two sides. And really the world is much more of a spectrum, but the ego thrives with black and white. Our ego and brain are wired to perceive things in twos so that we can reaffirm our beliefs and justify that we're good rather than bad or right rather than wrong. And we exhibit this pattern of thinking because it's what keeps our ego's image in place. It's possible to have the opposite occur and you see yourself as bad rather than good or always wrong and never right but that's still the same situation. When you're dealing with one side or the other, it's the ego doing the thinking. In order to grow our consciousness and ourselves, we need to practice seeing things as part of a spectrum and understanding that as humans, we can fall anywhere on that spectrum, not just an extreme. When we have a deep wound, we tend to fall to an extreme and that's maybe a sign that an area needs healing. It can be hard to do this work because as humans, we don't like seeing ourselves as being flawed or being bad. It makes us feel shitty. But unless we're willing to examine ourselves and see where we might want to change or need to change, 
we can't expect any real growth. That's why some people struggle so much. It's painful looking at your flaws and seeing where what you tell yourself, or rather what your ego tells you, may not be as true or as cut and dry as it tries to make you believe. It's why people are so adamant about proving that they're right about things. It's the justification that lets us believe we're okay, we don't need to change, and the other person is wrong and they need to change. Another important element of this, this discussion is avoidance is the human's primary coping mechanism. People avoid feeling things, thinking about things. They may even go as far as convincing themselves that things are fine and that they're overreacting or making things up. Nothing needs to change. Most people avoid, and it can take on the form of excessive distraction, whether that's binge watching, playing hours of video games, drinking daily, smoking weed daily, smoking as many cigs as possible, eating a bunch of food, or just making yourself so busy so you never have any time to think. Whatever your favorite method of distraction and avoidance. And to all of those stoners out there who smoke every day, maybe even multiple times a day, I feel you, bro. I've been there, and my girl Mary Juana, she was my avoidance crutch for years. And I told myself the story that it made me happy, and it was making my life better, and really all it did was temporarily distract me from my problems and whatever painful emotions I was currently feeling. Avoidance is normal. We all do it, but recognizing it's happening is an important step to healing and moving forward. As I mentioned, sometimes we convince ourselves there's no problem. And I did that with weed, but I also did that with my relationships. Speaking as someone who's been in hella toxic codependent relationships, I know that part of me avoided thinking about the bad aspects and convinced myself that things weren't so bad. We could fix things. I was just making excuses. There weren't really any problems. But what I was really doing was avoiding my wound around being alone. The wound that I'm alone and I'm unwanted is something I've had since childhood. And the reasons don't matter, but it took me several shitty relationships of repeating the same patterns, choosing the same wounded partners, before I recognized that I needed to change myself and stop avoiding the root cause. These relationships weren't making my life any better. What they did was they preyed on my wounds and my ego kept me trapped there because leaving the relationship, changing my belief that it's okay to be alone, that I am wanted, that I don't need someone to make me feel complete and that I deserve better, was hard to do. I've spent over a year now healing that wound, and I can confidently say it was not easy. Sometimes I still feel triggered by it, but recognizing that this was a problem and something I needed to heal, and choosing to change it, has made me so much stronger. And I know I won't ever be in another situation where I'm trapped because I'm scared of being alone, because I've done the healing work. I know I don't need someone else to feel complete or wanted. I don't always need to be in a relationship because I'm comfortable with being alone and dealing with loneliness, and making relationships with my spiritual team. They're literally always around you. It's great. I'm never technically alone. But the process wasn't easy, and it was painful, but now myself and my life are stronger, and my ego wound no longer wins and overpowers me because I've healed that part of me. I want to also address the fact that in terms of growing your consciousness, it's always easier to live through low vibrational choices and to give in and feed the ego. You've done it your whole life. It is the established normal. Choosing to change is a hard choice. Choosing to change your life, your behavior, your patterns, your thoughts, your beliefs, it's difficult. Improving yourself is not easy. 
and choosing to grow your perspectives and your consciousness. It'll take work, action, time, energy, and effort. You can't expect to meditate once, read some inspirational quotes, buy a crystal, and be magically spiritually enlightened. I've spent a lot of time pondering what makes people change. What is the driving factor and motivation? When I think about my life and what's caused me to change or want to change, it's because I'm either at rock bottom with something or something I'm doing is literally making my quality of life so poor that I can't take it anymore. And sometimes it's both. To change, you have to really want it. The reason has to be so deep within you that you can't keep going as you are anymore. And it's certainly not easy getting this motivation to change. I find a lot of times our motivation to change again comes from the ego. When it comes from the ego though, most of the time, even if we make the changes in our lives, we don't feel any better. And that's because our motivation is coming from a wounded place. Perfect example is, I felt I was stupid and unintelligent for most of my life. And my ego overcompensated by striving for academic perfection. It thought, if I can just do this, this, and this, then I'll be successful and viewed as smart. This, of course, was an empty goal since perfection isn't achievable. And even when I did everything I set out to do, when I got A's, got high scores on exams, got honor roll, made dean's list, I never felt any smarter because my actions came from ego-based motivation. I was still wounded. I didn't fix the core problem. I just tried to deal with the surface. On the other hand, when I chose to go into therapy, it was because I was so sick and tired of not wanting to live, being depressed and hating every waking second, just wanting it all to end. I wanted to heal myself. I wanted a different life. And I've hit many rock bottoms with my mental health along my healing journey. Sometimes I get sucked into the downward spiral. I get off track. I give in and say, fuck changing my life. Clearly nothing will change and I should just accept that happiness isn't for me. Anytime you find yourself saying, nah, this just isn't for me, and it's something you actually want, it's your ego. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to force you into staying the same and to give in to these ideas that, yeah, nah, it's just not for you because that's easier than continuing to try and change and continuing to fail or feel like you can't do it. Because those feelings suck and we would rather avoid feeling bad. But all of the growth I've had, coming to have high self-esteem, experiencing self-love, coming to feel worthy of life, feel worthy of success and actually feel successful, all of my great feelings exist because I've spent the time healing. That was my primary motivation for therapy, to heal so my life would change. And all the positives that came were because the motivation was solid and it wasn't ego-based. From a long-term view, if the change is important enough, not much will sway you from your goal because the motivation is so strong. Like with my therapy journey, I hit plenty of bumps in the road, but I kept going. The ego may cause temporary detours that take you off course, maybe even present you with some easy, low-vibe choices that sound good, but they're not in line with where you consciously want to be. From my experience, when you do try and change, when you fight your ego and you put the work in, your life turns out better. And it's because your soul grows and overcomes the challenges, lessons, and wounds it needs to for you to live that better life. At this point, I've taken you through a lot of examples and perspectives. And the reason is because I'm confident that every single person on this planet has the ability to have a spiritual awakening and live a soul-led life. To live is more essence than ego to raise their vibration and their consciousness. 
My goal with giving you a bunch of examples about how the ego presents is hopefully so you can more clearly see how it fits into your life. Concepts are great, but I think examples give you a better idea of what's actually going on and how it can manifest in the physical. Learning about yourself is such a key part of having a better life. Becoming aware of the bigger picture so you can pull yourself out of the 3D bubble so you can start healing and allowing yourself and your life to transform the way you want them to. The greater energy and life force of this universe is here. It's around us every day, all the time, and it wants us to live life as the greatest version of ourselves. It wants to help us have more abundance, freedom, love, and joy. It wants everyone to know that they can break free from the trap. And everyone's breaking free will look different. Not everyone who has an awakening is going to go into the spiritual field. That's not what an awakening is about. An awakening lets you wake up and see the world and its truths for what they really are. You start questioning everything, your life, your relationships, society, the way we do things, why we're told things. You stop taking everything you're told as truth and you think about whether or not you really perceive it that way. You start questioning your purpose, why you're here, what you're supposed to do. It's a deeper understanding of self and source. You start challenging the status quo in your life and you start seeing things from multiple perspectives. And as you embark on this journey of self and soul discovery, your energy and vibration begin to shift higher. And of course, there will be, there will be good and bad parts. The more healing, understanding, and forgiveness you experience, the higher your vibration and frequency. And the higher you vibrate, the more you attract positive energy and experiences, the easier it is to achieve your goals, dreams, and the life you want. Super duper successful people are so fucking positive all the time. How do you think they got so successful? How do you think they can be so optimistic? They don't have limiting beliefs, limiting stories, and past wounds hindering their minds and their thoughts. Therefore, their energy and actions are motivated from high vibrational emotions and beliefs. They're able to attract and manifest great things because the intention and feelings behind that are 100% genuine. And that's how law of attraction works. You have to 100% think and feel that it will happen. And most struggle to do this because there are things standing in their way that prohibit them from thinking and feeling that it will be true. And in order to get there and obtain that, people need to heal. And I want to clarify, this is not me saying you need to be 100% healed to manifest and attract the things you want in life. That's not it. I truly don't believe anyone, even the super duper successful people, are 100% healed. You can manifest and attract as you currently are. I just believe that it comes more quickly, more easily, and more frequently the more healed you are. Law of attraction isn't just saying, I am happy, I am rich, 50 times a day until you believe it. You have to authentically believe it and feel it when you put it out there. You have to heal, understand, and work through your own shit. And your motivation, beliefs, and feelings will change as a result too. You'll start having the life you want because you can actually attract it. I don't claim to be a healer or a practitioner, but any good healer or practitioner would encourage you to heal on your own. They should be providing you with steps to learn to do it on your own, not creating a dependent relationship where they're your only source of healing. And no one can heal you. They can help you, but only you can heal yourself. So healing starts today. Change starts today. Don't let your ego push it off any longer. So start small. Small steps are better than big steps anyways, because small steps are doable. They create the same energetic momentum, and it's easy to do them more consistently. 
And in honor of teaching you all how to heal, or at least some places to start, my first piece of advice would be to focus on what difficulties you're currently having. Maybe you can't get the motivation to go to the gym. Maybe you keep taking your anger out on other people. Maybe you're tired of feeling sad. Choose one difficulty, the one that feels the hardest, and think about how that makes you feel. Notice the emotions, words, images, and memories that start coming up. And think about each one. How long have you been feeling like this? Is it recent? Did it start in childhood? What fueled this difficulty? Was it other people? Was it yourself? Was it both? What situations created this difficulty? Why does it make sense that you feel the way you do? I guarantee there's a ton of supporting evidence from the past. And notice whatever emotions come up as you start looking into this stuff. And whatever it is, validate it. You're looking at things that are hard to look at. Things that might cause you pain, make you feel inadequate, sad. Validate those emotions. It makes sense that you're currently feeling them because you're diving into your past wounds. Things that your brain avoids so you don't normally have to feel them. And maybe you stop there. That's as far as you go. And if that's it, that's okay. No one's saying you need to completely heal yourself today. Go with the pace you feel comfortable and most importantly, validate your current experience and show yourself compassion. What you're doing is hard. Follow this up with something nice for yourself, something that feels good. Maybe that's treating yourself to coffee from your favorite spot. Maybe that's watching an episode of your favorite show, even if you don't really have the time. Maybe that's putting on a complete tie-dye outfit, covering your face and body in glitter, and having a silent rave around your apartment. That's my personal favorite. But do something that raises your vibration after healing work. Of course, it's important to sit with the emotions you feel while you do it, but that doesn't mean you have to sulk in it forever. And the further you go beneath the surface, and the more you start understanding and figuring out what's going on, the easier it becomes to make sense of what hurt you and how that manifests in your current life. You become more aware of your problems and you can start fixing the thoughts, the patterns, and behaviors in the day-to-day as they present themselves. One more important part of this work is allowing yourself to forgive. A lot of times these wounds are things that we've held on to since childhood and thus they've manifested into these big things since they've had so much time to grow. When you work with your shadow, your wounds, many times you're working with your inner child, the part of you that was hurt at a young age. Maybe the part that had to grow up too soon or suppress their emotions or didn't have control over their environment and experienced a lot of bad things. Whatever it was, allow your inner child, that younger part of you, the chance to speak. Let them express how that felt. Let them express how frustrating it was. Let them grieve over what they lost. And when they're done talking, tell them you're sorry that they went through that. Allow yourself to apologize to younger you and forgive yourself for reacting or acting the way they did. And understand that they just wanted to be safe and protected and not endure another hurtful or painful experience. You can thank them for opening up and being vulnerable. Thank them for trying to protect you to the best of their ability. Maybe even tell yourself and your inner child, I love you. And by working on this relationship with yourself, you're moving towards a better place and a higher energy. It's okay to have challenges along this journey. It's okay to have hard days and bad weeks to fall off the wagon and give in to the wounded ego. 
It's inevitable and it will happen at one point or the other, no matter how hard you try, but that's okay. Expect that and know that when it happens, it's okay. The journey is not perfect, but being able to show yourself compassion and kindness when painful emotions, memories, and experiences come up is a really powerful tool in helping you heal. Picking yourself up and getting back on the wagon, it speaks to your strength and it serves as proof that you are conquering your ego and you are getting a step closer to where you want to be. So forgive yourself. Okay, peeps. So in summary, we are all on different paths. Change is the only thing that's constant in this world. We're all here to learn, grow, and heal so we can walk our highest vibrational path. Collectively, we share that. Time will continue to be measured in a linear fashion. Things will continue going on. You will continue to age. Things will continue to change. You have to make the most of the present moment with your energy, time, and effort. You have to put your force behind something you want. And before I end this, I want to leave you with some more questions. As if I haven't asked you enough rhetorical questions today, but here they go. What limiting stories do you tell yourself? What habits do you want to change but find you can't? How do you handle your problems or challenges? What behaviors do you dislike in yourself and others? Are there any thought patterns you want to change? How can you learn? How can you improve? What do you want to be different in the future? What makes you happy? What do you want from life? All right, and with that, I hope that this episode made you contemplate and have deep thoughts about yourself and your lives. I know that it's easy to neglect the parts of us we don't like, but healing ourselves is such an important part of your journey, and I hope that this episode helps you start. Remember some serious high school musical vibes here? We're all in this together. As always, I am open for questions, queries. Feel free to reach out to me, DM me on Instagram, and until next time, be compassionate and kind towards yourselves. You're doing great, sweetie. Much love and light, Zandra.